human milk is really fascinating, isn't it? Often it's the first thing we feed our babies, and it boasts all the essential nourishing elements they need, like water and fat and carbohydrates and protein. Just as importantly, though, within this mix is this ingredient that's strangely indigestible, a class of sugar molecules called human milk oligosaccharides, HMOs, which exist not specifically to feed baby, but to bolster healthy gut bacteria, assist in cognitive development, and help in a host of other ways. HMOs were discovered in the 1930s, but it really wasn't until recently that researchers have come to understand why they exist and the role they play in neonatal growth and development. I'm Mara Bowen, and I'm podcasting for the Abbott Nutrition Health Institute. We've invited today's guest, Dr. Lars Bodhi, to talk about the latest research on the components of human milk, focusing on HMOs and the role they play in neonatal nutrition, immunity, growth, and development. Dr. Bodhi is a professor of pediatrics and neonatology, gastroenterology, hepatology, and nutrition. He's the Larson Rosenquist Chair of Collaborative Human Milk Research and also Director of the Larson Rosenquist Foundation Mother Milk Infant Center of Research Excellence at the University of California, San Diego, here in the United States. He's a busy guy, and we're really lucky to have him join us today. So, Dr. Bodhi, welcome and hello. Hello. Uh, thank you for having me, and thank you for inviting me to speak at this podcast about human milk in general and human milk oligosaccharides in particular. We are so glad you're here, too. Um, and there's one thing that I wanted to note for our listeners. This podcast recording may sound a little different than you're used to hearing. That's because we're still in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm practicing social distancing from my work office in Columbus, Ohio. And Dr. Bodie is dialing in from the great state of California. So, Dr. Bodie, before we start, I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about yourself and your current role and what brought you to this specific area of focus in your career. Yeah, thank you, uh... To introduce my uh, different roles and the different hats I'm wearing uh, nicely already, the lab here at UC San Diego that is specifically dedicated to research on human milk oligosaccharides, trying to understand uh, what they are, uh, how they're made, and uh, what the benefits are for the infants. And uh, during that research, which is now about 11 years uh, ago that I started, we noticed that you know there's more than just human milk oligosaccharides in human milk. Uh, human milk oligosaccharides have effects on so many different things, so many different tissues, so many different organs and health aspects, and we're certainly not an expert on all of these. So we realized that we really need to broaden our collaborations and, and find people that have this expertise. So in the past, we've really done this more by coincidence or running into people at conferences or, or, or friends and, uh, and colleagues. And at one point, we said, well, let's formalize that, uh, formalize a way how we initiate these collaborations. And that's really how we started our Mother Milk Infant Center of Research Excellence that I'm directing. And uh, there, we're not just looking to human milk uh, when it comes to infant health. We're also looking at maternal health, for example. We know that moms that breastfeed have um, a lower risk for breast and ovarian cancer or cardiovascular diseases. Uh, but we're also trying to learn from human milk and see what components are in human milk that we can potentially develop into new therapeutics, really for people of all ages. Uh, so whether that's chronic diseases or um, acute infections, uh, we really want to know how we can leverage the power of human milk uh, for people of all ages. You are, of course, a leading expert on human milk oligosaccharides. So I wanted to ask if you can share with us what you wish healthcare professionals really understood about human milk. Yeah, well, first, I think um, it's wrong to detach human milk from the process of breastfeeding itself. Uh, breastfeeding is more than just an, uh, the delivery of ingredients. It's really an intricate interaction between uh, the mom and the baby. Uh, it's not just molecules that are handed off to the baby for the baby to grow. There is so many other benefits of the process of breastfeeding. 
And then I think it's important to say that human milk is just not just a mixture of molecules. It does change over time quite a bit. Uh, it's really a dynamic tissue, complex molecules and cells uh, that are different from mom to mom, changes over the course of lactation. So uh, I think it's very important to understand that, that if we talk about human milk, it's not just a list of ingredients. So you've touched a little bit already on the mother milk infant triad. Can you explain the triad a little bit more and also why it's so important? Yeah. So uh, instead of just looking at human milk as the, you know, the, the liquid that we have with ingredients, uh, it's really important to understand the entire concept of mom, uh, milk, and infant. So uh, whatever mom experiences is uh, impacting human milk composition. Human milk composition is impacting infant health, but it's not just that linear. Uh, also, whatever the infant is experiencing might impact human milk composition. So it's this retrograde um, feedback as well. Uh, the whole triad is embedded into the environment. So, for example, if mom experiences certain pathogens in her environment, uh, changes milk composition accordingly, then the changed milk composition hands over protective factors to the infant and protects the infant from the pathogens and the environmental factors that mom experiences. So what makes human milk a living substance? Can you explain how it works? Yeah, I think it's living for two different reasons. One, it's living because it's dynamic. In other words, it changes composition over time and in response to needs or environmental factors. But it's also literally a living system because it contains living cells. It contains immune cells that come from the mom. Potentially, there is stem cell-like cells in human milk. And then there's also recently discovered mom's own milk microbiome. So there is microbes that live in human milk. Uh, we always thought that milk is sterile, and if it's not, then there must be some pathogens in there that cause disease. But really, we now understand that there is a microbial community that lives in human milk that is potentially beneficial. And, and really, the relevance of all this is really poorly understood at this point. We don't know what the, each individual component does, but we also don't really know how those different components interact with each other. So your research has taught us that HMOs can have a profound impact on infant health outcomes. Can you elaborate on some of the recent research for each outcome? Yeah, so, so there's different outcomes that we can study, both in the infant uh, as well as in mom, uh, but also short-term and long-term. And I think we have to understand that so HMOs are a group of 150 different components, uh, different molecules, and each of these molecules can potentially have different effects on the infant on mom. Uh, so I think that's important to understand that it's not just one HMO, it's a class of molecules. And uh, so we've looked at uh, growth and body composition. Uh, we have some data that oligosaccharides potentially uh, impact the risk for allergies. And in the preterm infant space, we found that there is oligosaccharides that potentially protect from necrotizing colitis or sepsis. So um, looking at all this, I think it's important to understand that a different molecule, some of the effects that we see are microbiome dependent, so these oligosaccharides shape microbial communities in the infant gut, and then that has an effect on the infant. And we also know that there's microbiome independent effects, so that oligosaccharides directly interact with infant tissues, either in the intestine or on a systemic level, because these oligosaccharides get, get uh, absorbed and reach the systemic circulation. So if we start with inflammation, um, we can look at acute inflammation, we can look at chronic inflammation. There is um, evidence that specific oligosaccharides may have an effect on both. Uh, and again, the effect might be mediated through the microbiome, but it might also be mediated by specific interactions with individual oligosaccharides. Can you tell us more about immunity as an outcome? 
Yeah, we talk a lot about oligosaccharides as shaping microbial communities, and, and many times we talk about the prebiotic effects of oligosaccharides, so meaning it shapes or it helps develop microbes that can utilize human milk oligosaccharides and their metabolism. Um, but we also see that specific oligosaccharides can protect us from certain pathogens. Individual oligosaccharides either stop the growth of some of these pathogens or do not allow them to attach to surfaces and interact with immune cells uh, that way, or human milk oligosaccharides interact with immune cells and then booster the, the effect um, against these pathogens. So there's multiple different ways how individual oligosaccharides um, can impact infant immunity. And what about cognition? Now, that's a, that's a very interesting uh, topic, of course. We all want our infants to be smarter and our kids to be smarter. And there's some good data that looks at specific human milk oligosaccharides that contain silic acid. And, and those oligosaccharides might contribute to brain development during the breastfeeding period. There's recent data that shows that specific oligosaccharides like 2-focosylactose, 2-FL, in rodent models have an effect on learning and memory uh, later in life. And we have just recently published a paper together with our colleagues at the Children's Hospital of Angeles, where we found in a cohort study strong associations between the concentrations of 2-focosylactose in, in breast milk at one month of age and cognitive development at 24 months of age. So what happens in the very early stages, in the first few months of life and what oligosaccharides are present there, seems to determine uh, cognitive development later in life, which I find quite uh, striking. And what about growth in this context? I think growth is uh, something we have to view from two different perspectives. Uh, one, we talk about growth when we talk about developed countries. Of course, we want to make sure that our kids are not obese um, and develop um, uh, associated diseases. So we are looking at is there anything in human milk that can prevent uh, childhood obesity? And then on the other side, in developing countries, we find uh, oligosaccharides that potentially are associated with uh, preventing malnutrition. So is there anything a mom can do to change her HMO profile? That's a great question. Um, unfortunately, right now, we don't have enough evidence to make any recommendations what mom can do to change her oligosaccharide composition. I don't even want to say improve because we don't really know where to improve it to. So we don't really know what is the optimal oligosaccharide uh, profile for a mom and for a given baby, which really brings us back to the mother-milk-infant triad. So it might really depend on all parts of the triad what's optimal. So with all of that said, what do you think is in the future for human milk oligosaccharide researchers like yourself? I think that the future is very exciting. It uh, looks very bright. Um, you mentioned that oligosaccharides have been discovered in the 1930s. Um, I still think that we're still at the very beginning of finding out what all these oligosaccharides do. And there's 150 different oligosaccharides. Um, and we're looking at all these different outcomes from growth, uh, body composition, to allergies, to inflammation, to infectious diseases. So it's really a wide uh, spectrum of disease outcomes that we look at, so health outcomes. And um, one thing I'm really excited about is, is the, the long-term outcomes on uh, bone health, on metabolism. We find, for example, that um, oligosaccharides early in life might reduce the risk of cardiovascular disease, so that's a heart attack and stroke later in life. And, and again, uh, is it possible that we can learn from everything that we've seen now and they use human milk oligosaccharides to apply as new therapeutics for people of all ages, really. One last question for you as a researcher. What do you think is important for practicing clinicians to understand about human milk oligosaccharides or human milk in general? 
One thing I would highlight is that having one oligosaccharide uh, is not the same and will not do the same as the remaining 149 oligosaccharides. So I think that's important to understand. And, and again, uh, human milk is more than just um, the synthesis of individual oligosaccharides. The process of breastfeeding is more than just human milk. And the last thought would be that it's great that we have all this research, but breastfeeding and breast milk should be the number one choice uh, for our infants. Well, this was excellent information. Dr. Bodhi, thank you so much for taking the time to record with us today. And we wanted to let you know we really appreciate all you're doing to help build awareness for HMOs and the role they play in nutrition and healthy growth and development. So thank you again. Now, for our listeners, if you're hoping for more podcast episodes on nutrition and immunity, rest assured we're developing a series of additional episodes to help support you. And you can find these recordings on anhi.org by clicking resources, and then podcasts and videos. Make sure you don't miss an episode. Become an ANHI.org member today by clicking register at the top of our homepage to receive regular nutrition science news updates from our team, or you can follow the Abbott Nutrition Health Institute on LinkedIn. Finally, our website, ANHI.org, has a series of printable resources related to this topic. You can find these resources on ANHI.org by clicking resources and then printable materials. Thank you, everyone. Stay healthy and safe.